Hello everyone, it's Laura Lebo here inviting you to check out my podcast, A Few of My Favorite Jews. Every two weeks, I invite an artist from the city of Toronto to come on and tell me who their favorite Jew is. We talk about that Jew's life, their connection to Judaism, my guest connection to Judaism, and we just laugh. <laughs> so if you love Jews and you love listening to exactly two people talk about them for about an hour, you're going to love my podcast, A Few of My Favorite Jews. Welcome back to The Mentorers, a bi-weekly look at the world of Jews and sports. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing really good, Jamie. It's great to be here. Uh, we're, we're excited to bring you some fresh Jewish uh, athletic content straight into your ear holes. Yeah. Um, the, the kids are in bed. The uh, beer has been poured. We're ready to kibitz sure. with you, the listener. Well, I think the the first story, you know, we're not, not exactly breaking news here, but uh, one story we wanted to get to is something we just learned about earlier today, which is uh, a TikTok video published by uh, Green Bay Packers running back A.J. Dillon. And we want to thank all of our listeners for the tips. We got a, a, this this tip yes. a surprising number of times, um, including from several prominent members of the uh, American media. So thanks to you. Yes. And it is A.J. Dillon, um, I guess, stitching or reacting. I'm not sure exactly what the TikTok term is, but a tweet, sorry, a TikTok by a woman who's talking about how she's blue eyes and blonde hair and the secret is that she's jewish and he does something very similar um but instead of you know blue eyes blonde hair it's uh you know black guy tattoos went to jesuit catholic college nfl player and then jewish so who'd have thunk it i wonder how many jewish people wind up at a jesuit college just for just because they happen to go there yeah i i agree i mean i feel like the the joke in the tiktok is like well he's black he's tattoos but like went to boston college is like that sounds like the most like non-jewish thing of of, of any of the things that he describes <laughs> like we like no no i'm serious i'm serious like we know there's plenty of black jews we know that there's plenty of, of jews who have tattoos we know that there's jews who've been in the nfl the idea of a, of a jew going to like notre dame or boston college seems like that seems crazy oh absolutely and and you know you could see a jewish like you said you could see a jewish player at michigan yeah or, oh, or oh, at absolutely. usc you know yeah. that that makes sense you think of taylor mays being a, a notable uh usc black jew uh yeah. but boston college is weird yeah boston college i feel like the the big jesuit went like boston college or notre dame and then like the like the one the, the christian schools in the south that like not like southern Methodist, like not like actual christian schools but like clemson <laughs> Like, especially ones where the coach is like an evangelical uh, fanatic. That just seems like, like no, no one is going, no Jew is going to play for Dabo. Right. Swinney. And like having to do like 30 minutes of prayer before. Well, it's something like uh, Cody Decker said uh, on our last week's episode that, you know, in baseball, and I assume a lot of professional sports, Christianity is such a big part of it. You know, there's team prayers, there's league prayers. But thankfully, uh, uh, you know, we've got A.J. Dillon to bring a little diversity into the Green Bay Packers locker room. Yeah. Uh, in other recent news, Diego Schwartzman currently uh, just moved on to the quarterfinal in the French Open. We are hoping um, by the time you guys get this that this is not, uh, you don't hear this anymore. 
That sorry, by the time you yeah. don't hear this, that that he is still in the tournament. Yeah, unfortunately, he has drawn Rafael Nadal in the quarterfinal, and it's on clay. So good luck. You know, it's pretty impossible to beat Nadal on clay. We talked about Denis Shapovalov's difficulty with that a few weeks ago. But uh, good luck to our our short king Diego and go Diego go <laughs> vamos Diego vamos Diego. We'll keep everyone updated with that. And uh, Gabe, we wanted to bring back an old game. We haven't played this. We haven't played this. I think since we since we relaunched the podcast. Yeah. We are um, in the but, uh, we are in sort of the big playoff season. Yeah, conference conference semifinals. So there's eight teams left in the NHL in the NBA, and um, you're you're a little bit more of a hockey fan than I am. I'm a, maybe a little bit more of a basketball fan. So we thought we'd play a little Jew or not a Jew uh, NHL NBA playoff owners edition. It's a yearly tradition here on the Mench Warmers. Some some of these names you'll remember. Some of them are a little new. Yeah, we thought we'd add add some yeah, exactly new new NBA teams, uh, new owners from from when we last talked about this and NHL as well. Um, so, Gabe, why don't you why don't you start us off and and give me uh, some NHL owners, and uh, I'm going to guess whether they're Jewish or not. And you know, we 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 abide by like the the whatever rules they implemented after the movie quiz show, not the movie quiz show, but the stuff that actually happened in the movie quiz show came out. So, like, you know, I have no I have no pre knowledge of any of these. Of course, um, some of them might be a little obvious, and and you know, even though they're no longer in the tournament, we're going to quickly mention our, I guess, somewhat beloved or sort of beloved, uh, uh, you know, sort of a Stockholm syndrome thing of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are owned by Larry Tannenbaum, who is most certainly Jewish. Um, and someone yes. we'd love to have on the show. If you're listening, please give us a call, Larry. We're always available. Um, but let's start with, with uh, I guess, the team that uh, the Montre- that the Maple Leafs lost to uh, this this tournament, um, which is currently the the cur- the Montreal Canadiens are currently owned by Jeff Molson. Uh, Jeff Molson, I, I believe, of the Molson family. Uh, the Molson Brewing family. I'm going to go with not a, not yes, a Jew. Yes, uh, they're they're not Jewish. Um, the Molsons. I think they they sort of. There's a lot of uh, famous Jews in the Canadian liquor business. Uh, you know the the Reichmans. And, yeah, they were they were owned by the, the Bronfmans exactly. Point, uh, but I don't. I think the Molsons have bought back uh, the the brewery as well. Um, okay. Well, after selling it to to or they bought back a part of it. They've sold it to Coors now. Um, but they own sort of the biggest events business in Quebec. They own the arena. Um, but uh, the big deal is they own the, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, and they are not Jewish. So who are they playing okay. uh, in this tournament? Uh, if you're aware, they are playing uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and this one's going to be, I think it's a bit of a, a, a doozy. Um, he is a lawyer, okay, and he is sort of on the board of the league. Mark Chipman. Mark Chipman? Yeah. Ooh. That's tricky, but you know what? Winnipeg used to be the home to many Jews, but now there's so few that I'm going to go with not a Jew on this one. Mark Chipman, I do not believe is Jewish. Um, he okay. did go to a high school called St. Paul's. Okay. Uh, it is a, That's usually... It is an all-boys Jesuit boarding school. Uh, and then went to the University of North Dakota. So he is, I would say he is pretty much not uh, Jewish. Um, yeah. Okay. What else? Uh, what about the American teams? So now we're going to move south to uh, New York, uh, where we're in the, uh, I think, an exciting, you know, Long Island. We've got a uh, Harvard, triple Harvard graduate, BA, JD, MBA, the owner of the uh, New York Islanders, Scott Malkin. Malkin? Scott Malkin. Ooh. You know, being from Long Island is a very Jewish thing and having a team there, but I'm going to go with not Jewish on this. So Scott Malkin is Jewish, as a matter oh, of wow. fact. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, he, his mother, Isabel Ween. 
Um, and uh, his father actually, which they're so wealthy, I didn't think this is a thing you could do. But his family owns the Empire State Building. Oh, so that, well, that makes sense. Like, Some, somebody's got to own it. There's an old uh, uh, Dave Chappelle joke about how white people get money where he says like, yes, my family has the patent on fire. Like, I think it's something <laughs> sort of like that. Um, right. But it's it's two roommates, Scott Malkin and uh, John Ledecky, who is not Jewish. Uh, John Ledecky, but Scott Malkin, who is sort of the majority owner and the controlling owner, is Jewish. Um, okay. They're actually playing against uh, a team, uh, the Boston Bruins, who we've talked about many times before, uh, whose owner um, is sort of a, a notable American, a notable, I would say, American businessman. Um, mm-hmm. David Jacobson. David Jacobson. That sounds like a, a member of the tribe. I'm going to go with, with Jewish on that one. Um, I I actually got his name wrong. I read the wrong thing. His name is actually Jeremy Jacobs, but he is equally okay. Jewish to your guess. Well, Jacobs is usually a good giveaway. You know, Mike Jacobs, all stars, as, as, as it were, the Jewish sound. Yes, name. he's a, uh, also um, a Buffalonian um, okay. and made all of his money running the concessions for American national parks. Oh, yeah. cool. That seems like a good, that seems also like something that's like, shouldn't America just have that money? Like, you know, like how, how Luke, like, I understand the, the idea that like, you know, we need snack bars in national parks maybe, but like, it seems weird that someone could become a multi-billionaire doing that, but never, I guess, I guess. You yeah, can. right. Exactly. Who would, who, I, I guess you can. Um, speaking of interesting ownerships, now we're going to move on to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, okay. So the guy who owns the Carolina Hurricanes, um, his name is Thomas Dundon. Uh, he also owns the defunct Alliance of American Football and the uh, recreation facility Top Golf. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with not Jewish on this. I think just based on him being from Car- Carolina. Yeah, mostly. he's not Jewish. Uh, he actually is from New York, where I should have said he's from New York City, but he left New York to go visit and uh, become the president of Phi Gamma Delta at Southern Methodist mm. University. Ah, see, the New York would have would have tilted me in the wrong direction, but Southern Methodist would have gotten me back on yes. track. And who's uh, Carolina's playing Tampa Carolina's Bay right now? Playing Tampa Bay, uh, owned by one Jeffrey Vinnick of Deal, New Jersey. And Vinnick, I'm going to say, is a, is Jewish? Uh, he is Jewish. Yeah. Um, he's a Phi Beta Kappa I, grad. He right. also went to Harvard, and he was uh, uh, in charge of Fidelity Investments for a very, very long time. Yeah, I think maybe I remember that from the, when they won the, the Cup last uh, last year. Um, and yes. then moving west, we have the Avalanche, Colorado Avalanche, and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, yeah, so the Colorado Avalanche is a name we've talked about and debated a lot. They're owned by the Kronicky family. Right, um, right. Stan Kroenke, the uh, the Rams owner. Exactly. Uh, and her father is the, uh, Stan Kroenke was, you know, Ann Kroenke owns the, the, uh, owns the Avalanche, and her father was Bud Walton whose brother, right. Sam Walton, founded Walmart. So that's just sort of a level of, of double money, but her and her husband own the LA Rams, Arsenal of the Premier League, the Colorado Rapids, and the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, and this one we know not Jewish. I know this one not Jewish. And uh, But Stan Kroenke often uh, incorrectly reported as being Jewish, I think because of his Yes, name. he's, and, and sort of the way he looks. Mm. You know, his name, he like, you know, if he wasn't from the middle of nowhere in Missouri working as like a lumber salesman, like you'd think he would be much more Jewish or, right. you know, he has sort of the, the L.A., big money, entertainment, like he's sort of an anti-Semite's dream, but he's not exactly Jewish. Um, and then uh, uh, finally, we've got the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, my um, favorite team. And that's right. James' favorite team is a big fan of the Vegas Golden Knights. 
Um, and uh, uh, they're, the Vegas Golden Knights, um, they're owned by Bill Foley II, yeah. um, who is now the head of uh, Fidelity Financial after, I guess, Jeffrey Vinnick has left. Right. And and he, I know, is, is not Jewish. And I know the um, the Maloof family also owns a portion of the team, and they're, they're not Jewish either. Incidentally, though, he fell in love with hockey because he grew up in Ottawa, Ontario. Oh, cool. Uh, Bill Foley, which is very interesting. And then he went to uh, West Point and right. uh, quit the uh, Air Force because he made a shitload of money in the stock market by himself. Well, good for him. Yeah, good for him. Exactly. So that's the end of our uh, uh, NHL uh, owners. I believe we only have three Jewish NHL owners left in the tournament. But still, not a not a bad chance for for a Jewish owner to be uh, you know hoisting the cup. Yeah, I guess, three or... in the last eight teams, so we're going to be cheering, I guess, for the Islanders probably the most. I find it hard to cheer for Boston and Tampa <laughs> won last year, so let's go Islanders. Bring that bring that cup back to Long Island. Sure. Um, okay, so moving on to the NBA, uh, I'll go through the the teams quickly. Um, the first one we have is is I think this is the easiest one you can have. It's the Utah Jazz, and <laughs> their owner is named Ryan Smith. With just just like how do you, you know, s- that is how do you smell how do you spell Smith? Oh, okay, yes, it's S M I T H. Okay, it's, it's the standard spelling. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna guess Ryan Smith is not Jewish. He is not Jewish. He's a Latter Day Saints. Uh, I have no idea if he's if he's related to you know Joseph Smith going that far back, but you know given given the Latter Day Saints, uh, let's say um, uh, family trees, it, it's definitely a possibility. He might pretend but, he is. Uh, you know, just yeah, sort of trade owning, on the name. Owning the Utah Jazz, I feel like there's a prerequisite that you're you're a Latter-day Saint. Um, LA Clippers, uh, the next team that who Utah's about to start. The Ballman. Uh yeah, Steve Ballmer. I think we've talked about him before. I think you know the answer to this one. Yeah, he's a big um, Jew. Yeah, half Jewish, but you know, has a lot of Jewish energy, I would say. Yes. I, um, I, there's something about him that just it just resonates with with Judaism. I, I would love to see the Clippers win just to see Steve Ballmer grab the mic and start shrieking into it. I don't know if you if anyone mm-hmm. has ever gone on YouTube, you can look up Steve Ballmer like Microsoft conference speeches, and they're like yeah. legendary for him. Like He's just getting people pumped like, up, covered in sweat, and just screaming, like pointing some guy at the office, and it's like, "Who oh, is excited about profit margins?" Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the other uh, Western Conference semifinals, uh, the Denver Nuggets. This is going to be an easy one. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets are run by <laughs> Ann Walton Cranky. <laughs> Not Jewish. <laughs> so not Jewish. Uh, you know, the cranky family. Again, they really own so many sports teams. It's unbelievable mm-hmm. um, how, how much of an impact they have. Uh, and they're facing a team that we haven't talked about before, the Phoenix Suns, um, who, you know, had this great season and beat the LA Lakers in the in the first round of the, of the playoffs. And they are owned by Robert Sarver. Ooh, Robert Sarver is a tough one. So I know that Phoenix is often a place where Jews of some money wind up. So I'm going to guess Robert Sarver is sort of a mid-60s New Yorker who has uh, uh, moved down to Phoenix. Is that correct? And are you guessing Jewish? I'm guessing Jewish. He is Jewish. He is a native-born son of Arizona, though. He's, his dad was a, a businessman in, in Tucson, ran hotels. Tucson, and, as a, uh, a friend of the podcast, Abigail Smithson would know. Uh, that right. is uh, the Jewish part of Arizona. Yeah. Uh, but yes, he's Jewish. Um, you know, made developed the family fortune through hotel company and things like that and bought the Phoenix Suns back in 2004. Um, and so good, you know, good luck to them in the West. West, we have, uh, j- that's our that's our only choice. Um, in the East, uh, starting in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I think we've talked about before, has has a number of owners, just like it's the nature of, you know, they say 20 owners, mm-hmm. but their primary owner, the person who's called the primary owner, is named Joshua Harris. Ooh, I'm going to, Josh Harris, 
I don't think he sounds Jewish. He sounds like a Latter-day Saint. No, he is. He's Jewish. He's uh, Jewish. Yeah, grew up in Chevy, wow. grew up in Chevy Chase, uh, Maryland, um, private equity guy, and is just sort of like the the founder of, uh, or sorry, the face of of owning the Philadelphia 76ers. And they also own the uh, the New Jersey Devils as well. <laughs> Good for them. And Crystal Palace. Ooh. Yeah. You know, there's so many, you know, American Jewish owners, the Glazers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess the Crankies aren't Jewish, but like there's a lot of American ownership now in, in the Premier League. Yeah. I'm um, definitely something we should have uh, a soccer expert come on to chat about. That's true. We might have to do like Champions League, uh, Jew or not a Jew at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the uh, the team that uh, the, the team that Philly is facing, uh, to- uh, the Atlanta Hawks. And the Atlanta Hawks are owned by Tony Wrestler. Tony Wrestler. Ooh, Anthony, that's a tough Anthony Wrestler. Anthony or Anthony? Anthony. A N T O N Y. Uh, I'm going to say not Jewish. No, Anthony Wrestler wow. is Jewish. Born in 1960. Uh, you know, dad was dad was an, dad was a lawyer. Went to George Georgetown University. And for the Wrestler last, could be German or Dutch. Or I know, something but like that. It's Jewish. Not only is it Jewish. For the last 30 years, he's been married to actress Jamie Gertz, who you might remember from <laughs> among other things, the Seinfeld episode where she refused to uh, share a square of toilet paper with uh, with, wow. Elaine, with Elaine. Now she for 30 owns... years and she is the co-owner of <laughs> Jewish as well. And she's the co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so the other Jamie, you... Jamie with no E Jamie with no E. J-A-M-I. Yeah. Uh, so the other matchup in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks owned by Mark Lazary. I think someone we've talked about before. Yeah, he is Jewish. He is Jewish. Uh, Moroccan Jewish family. Mm-hmm. He's got the, he's got the eyebrows that like, I think only a Mizrahi Jew has of just yep. like, you know, they're, they're thick. It's like someone took a, a the fat Sharpie. Yeah, it's a real on. caterpillar style eyebrows, yeah. that, and and they don't have any curves to them. They're just they tilt one way or right. the other. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a deep a deep color on that. <laughs> um, so that's Milwaukee owned by by Mark Lazary and uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I think this is an easy one. Um, currently owned by Joseph Tsai, uh, Chinese yeah, ch- not, Taiwanese not Taiwanese Jewish. Canadian billionaire. Yeah, uh, yeah, not Jewish. Was Mikhail um, Prokhorov Jewish? He is Jewish. He At is. least he has he has Jewish heritage. Um, I'm not sure that he identifies necessarily, but um, he's definitely someone who has some some Jewish heritage. And does he and, still uh, own any part of the team? I don't believe he does. I think he sold the whole thing to Joseph Sai okay. um, back in back in 2019. So I know I think the Nets still have like a few novelty owners, like the way they used to have Jay Z as part of it. But uh, yeah, I think that's that he's since he sold it to Sai. Um, Pokarov has hasn't. Uh, hasn't kept any part of the team because he sold part of it and then he sold the rest. Okay. So he's sort of taken a big chunk of it. Um, So, uh, you know, a fair amount of Jewish representation among the uh, NBA owners. And also we should say the Brooklyn Nets, the one team in the East that doesn't have a Jewish owner does have a Jewish coach because Amara Stoudemire's coach, coach on the team. That's true. Um, So they, you know, somebody is going to yell Hugba uh, if and when they, (laughs) they win the trophy. Yeah, maybe. Let's take a quick break and we're going to come back with a, uh, a retrospective on, on the greatest Jewish sports music of all time. Hi, everybody. I'm Ralph Benmergi, and I host Yehopetzville for the CJN. I hope you can listen. We talk to Jews in Moose Jaw, Moncton, Jasper, Kelowna, Hackley, Quebec. All over this country, there are Canadian Jews who are living a Jewish life in their own way. So join me for Yehopetzville at the CJN.ca or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back to the Menchwarmers, everybody. Wasn't that a uh, enlightening break? Uh, before we get started, Gabe, is there something you would like to say share with our audience? Yes, uh, uh, Dad. Uh, I'd like to apologize to everyone for hitting my keyboard a little voraciously during the last segment. Um, there's a lot of research and clicking between notes of, of various Jewish honors, and uh, I was a bad boy, and I did not uh, mute myself while I was doing clicking. So I want to apologize to all of our listeners and rest assure them that when it happens again, I will apologize then too. Uh, well, you know, this little brief sojourn into a discussion about audio fidelity uh, brings us well into our next topic. Um, I think inspired by a few weeks ago, we talked about the greatest Bob Dylan uh, sports songs, if any. Um, and we decided to have a, have a little fun at uh, trying to create a list of the greatest Jewish sports songs. Um, Gabe, you, you and I both have sort of looked at this uh, individually, and neither of us have, uh, have shown each other results. So um, I think we'll sort of go yes. back and forth and, and talk about some Jewish sports songs. I think, um, you know, most of these are, are songs written by Jews, I would say, about sports. That's the that's most of mine, at least. I think so. Uh, one thing, we actually had no overlap yeah. uh, in our uh, in our putting this list together. And I want to also clarify some of the rules. Um, it does not need to be performed by a Jewish person as long as it was notably written by a Jewish person. Yeah, it's like CanCon um, rules. Or- there has to be some Jewish involvement. Or it can be performed by a Jewish person and having not been written by a non-Jewish person. Right. Uh, so I'm happy to go first. Uh, the first one I have is uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf. Uh, Meatloaf, not Jewish. Jim Steinman, Jim, yeah. Jim Steinman, he's Jewish. Recently passed away, but the writer of, you know, all of Meatloaf's work um, was Jewish. And Paradise by the Dashboard Light has a real, you know, baseball motif to it. Uh, baseball is a metaphor for having sex. And uh, some commentary <laughs> by Phil Rizzuto. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean... It's sort of representing the the using it to show necking as they yeah, do exactly. in the back of, of the car. Okay, here we go. We got a real pressure cooker going here. Down, nobody on, no floor, bottom of the night. There's the wind up, and there it is, a line shot up the middle. Look at him go. This boy can really fly. He's rounding first and really turning it on now. Uh, I'm also going to stick with baseball. Okay. And I'm going to talk about the classic Jewish author, Jonathan Richman. Oh, sure. We have the... Uh... Um, he, um, he wrote a lot of lovers. songs about baseball. Yeah, of the modern lovers. One song that he's actually not, he doesn't sing anymore because of, uh, you know, I think he's given it up as he's sort of moved to Maine and become somewhat of a recluse. But he has a song called Fenway oh, cool. uh, about all of it's, it's, quote, where I dream my dreams about all of the, you know, history you feel when you walk into Fenway Park. Okay. So that's Jonathan Richmond of the modern lovers, sort of notable Massachusetts Jewish icon mm-hmm. uh, and his book. He also has a song, uh, sort of a B-side, an acoustic song where he tells the story of Walter Johnson, the big oh, train cool. himself. Big train Johnson. They say they say uh, watching him throw was like nothing else. I, it, it's too bad we don't have video. I, I just want to know how hard he actually threw. Um, yeah. We, they. I mean, some people say 120. Yeah. Who knew? Who, know, who knows? So I have a, a two for, for you, Gabe. Uh, one, yep. of my, one of my favorite artists, Warren Zevon. Um, half Jewish, uh, but his dad was mm-hmm. in Mickey Cohen's uh, gang. And uh, <laughs> two notable songs that I wanted to point out. The first one is Boom Boom Mancini. Uh, uh-huh. It's a story of Ray Mancini, who uh, he's a boxer. Uh, he's nicknamed Boom Boom Mancini. And he was in a fight with uh, Korean boxer Daku Kim. And in the fight, uh, Daku Kim died. Um, and so this, the song is sort of about Boom Boom Mancini and having to deal with killing someone in the ring. Nice. Um, really notable fight. It changed, it, you know, it was part of the reason why they changed championship bouts from 15 rounds to 12. Then on the, on the more joking side, uh, Warren Zevon also wrote a, a song about hockey called hit somebody. Um, you know, which is sort of, it's sort of like this. Did Kevin it Smith never got ma- make the movie? 
It never did. I think Goon sort of took its thunder. It's basically the story of Hit Somebody is basically Goon. It's just about like a guy who can't really skate or play that well, but yep. he can hit pretty good. And there's always room for a Goon. Till a scout from the flames came down from Saskatoon. Said there's always room on a team for a Goon. Son, we've always got room for a Goon. There were seeds to the left. Okay, I'm going to go get a little, start getting a little galaxy brained here. Okay. Um, as I move on to my next song, uh, you know, written by uh, sort of actually Rose, a conservative Jewish family. Uh, they were in the furniture business uh, from Glasgow. Eric Wolfson, okay. uh, a Jewish keyboard player who was known as the songwriter of the Alan Parsons Project. Oh, and their cool. famous song, Serious, yes. known for bringing in the Chicago Bulls of the 1990s. A quite notable Alan Parsons Project tune. Uh, I believe the song does have lyrics. And they're really? probably not about basketball. But this song, I think it counts as it's sort of icon- an iconic basketball jam. Like, it's, yeah. it's one of oh, the absolutely. jock jams. Yes. You know, if, if there's like a tier of jock jam, jam, you know, with to go with like Everybody Dance Now. And then yeah. the Serious by the Alan Parsons Project. That's the level of jock jam written by Eric Wolfson. Um, that's a great one. Yeah. My second one, uh, it is a great one. My second one is also a little bit uh, sideways. Uh, and it's it's not it's a different Jewish artist, and it's a, about sort of a non-traditional sport that we're talking to. A band from mm-hmm. San Francisco, California. Two Jewish members, Jonathan Siegel and Victor Krummenacker. Uh, okay. Camper Van Beethoven with their famous song, Take the Skinheads Bowling, about how no all matter right. everywhere they go all over America touring, bowling alleys all look the same. Huh, interesting. Uh, and it's sort of <laughs> a notable song, the theme song of the movie Bowling for Columbine. Uh, okay. uh, sort of an early 80s alt-rock uh, hit. People say that Bowling Alley's got big lanes. Got big lanes. Got big lanes. Some people say that Bowling Alley's all look the same. Look the same. Look the same. There's not a line that goes here that rhymes with anything. 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 Had a dream last night, but I forget what it was. What it was. What it was. Take the Well, let's move from the, you know, uh, more obscure punk rock or, or alternative rock songs to, I think, a, a, I think a sports song that, that pretty much everybody in, in North America, at least, is familiar with. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Take Me Out to the Ball Game, which was written, the, the, the lyrics are written by Jack Norworth, who's not Jewish, and the music is written by Albert von, T- uh, Albert von uh, Tizer, Tilzer, sorry, born Albert Gum, who was Jewish. So can you believe that? Uh, I found a nice version of, of Take Me Out to the Ball Game sung by uh, Sophie Millman, uh, local Chanteuse <laughs> jazz singer from who, who graduated from Forest Hill. That is a deep cut. Yeah. But Take Me Out to the Ball Game, uh, music music by a Jewish uh, a Jewish baseball fan. Although I think this is a famous you know piece of trivia about the song that a lot of people know. Uh, neither writer of the song had ever been to a baseball game at the time they wrote it, which is sort of amazing. Interesting. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with a crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. And uh, so I think 
I'm going to uh, move us across the pond a little bit if we're talking about sort of iconic things chanted in the stands. Um, sort of a, a modern uh, character and author of recent books about Judaism, David Baddiel, uh, okay. noted for writing what is now basically the the second national anthem of, of the UK uh, about uh, England hosting the Euro Cup called Three Lions, but you might know the uh, the catchphrase or the tagline over and over again. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. saying it's at, coming home. exactly it's yeah. now saying at every england national team game uh for the last almost 30 years now wow that's really cool i didn't know that he uh he wrote that song uh it is actually one of the only songs to be it is it has gotten number one in britain three different times uh wow. during various world and euro cups and as uh england uh looks to uh host you know some of the games in the 2020 euro starting next month it's coming home again um, a few more from my list. I have a, I have a few from the uh, the Paul Simon universe. Um, the first one, The Boxer, famous song from Bridge Over Troubled Water, uh, obviously when he was still with Art Garfunkel. Uh, not necessarily about sports, but it's about a boxer. You know, that's that's yeah. something. Just a poor boy where my, uh, uh, you know, uh, though my story is seldom told. Exactly. Do you think there, it's like got some, you know, Barney Ross history in it? Maybe he's referring to Jewish boxers of the past. Sure. Why not? <laughs> um, of course, in uh, Mrs. Robinson off the graduate soundtrack, there's a Where Have You Gone, Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, so that's another that's uh, another reference. Uh, reference. Um, and then the the biggest song that I think is of his that's just about nath- straight and out and out about an athlete. Uh, cool, cool Papa Bell um, about the uh, Negro Leagues All Star Cool Papa Bell. Um, definitely one of the greatest nicknames in sports. Yeah, Cool Papa Bell is is very good. And further immortalized in song by Paul Simon. Absolutely. I, you know, it's funny you say that because I had always thought that The Obvious Child was written about Ken Griffey Jr. Um, <laughs> but uh, Paul might not, you know, want to verify that. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to stick in the realm of indie rock just when we talk about covers. Not necessarily written by the Jews, uh, but an indie rock story. The New York band uh, Yola Tango. Uh, notable for sure. doing uh, residencies every Hanukkah, every night of Hanukkah in New York, mm-hmm. um, put out a uh, covers album, which opened with a cover of Meet the Mets, uh, nice. where they sang about their favorite team, Meet the Mets. In fact, uh, the name Yola Tango is Spanish right. for I've Got It, uh, which they decided to name their band after hearing uh, baseball players call each other off in Spanish, yelling Yola That's Tango a- when the ball's in the air. Meet the Mets, meet the Mets, Right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kitties, bring your wife. Guaranteed to have the time of your life because the Mets are really socking the ball, knocking those home runs right over the wall. East side, west side, everybody's coming down to meet the METS Mets of New York Town Solo. That's a great one. Um, you know, uh, among other New Yorkers, there was um, too many songs to choose from, I think. Uh, but I wanted to have some representation here from the Beastie Boys. Ah. Um, I think they've probably, like, you know, name dropped the Knicks in, in, a, in a lot of songs um, and, and other New York sports teams. But the, but the line that uh, 
I think is my favorite is off uh, is off the song Hey Ladies. And he says, there's more to me than you'll ever know. And I got more hits than Sadahara O, wow. uh, the, ja- the Japanese baseball player, the all-time uh, Japanese hit king. <laughs> I think that's a great, like, that's a, that's a deep cut. I don't think anyone uh, listening to Paul's Boutique was like, really knew Japanese baseball that well. So that's a, that's a good deep cut. Yeah, that's a serious, serious name drop. I mean, I think about yeah. they, they have a lot of uh, sports, you know, uh, references in a lot of their things. I mean, they talk about Phil Rizzuto uh, in, you know, what yeah. comes around on Paul's Boutique. Uh, I'm pretty sure they talk about Rod Carew and Sure Shot. Um, yeah, they I do, got yeah, mad yeah, hits. Right. Like I uh, got also... more action than my man John Wu, and I got more hits than Rod Carew, who is a, a possibly Rod Carew, Jewish athlete. Who is also name dropped. Yeah, also name dropped famously in the uh, in the first version of the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler. That's true. Did, did did we count? Could we count the Hanukkah song as a Jewish sports iconic song? Because he mentions Rod Carew. Yeah. Um, Why not? Yeah. So any any more? Gabe, uh, a few more you want to mention? Um, uh, when we wrap. You this know, up? the only other one I could think of, I didn't throw it in there, uh, but uh, Ramblin' Jack Elliot, uh, you know, Elliot Ardnapaz of Buffalo, New York, uh, you know, uh, the nice Jewish cowboy, the Bucky Goldstein original himself. Um, right. He wrote a lot of songs about horses, uh, which is sure. notable because he was a rodeo athlete and a rodeo clown before he hit it as as uh, a musician. So that was sort of his sport. Um, probably the only Jewish rodeo clown uh, that I can think of, at least. Um, you know, he really wanted to live the real deal. In we we haven't done a ton of research into the issue. <laughs> but it's the only, the only one. You we know, know, if any of our listeners happen to be experts on uh, the Jewish history of rodeo, we would be happy to have you yeah. on the show and discuss it. Um, I think m- maybe the last time a Jewish guy was at a rodeo was when Borat crashed a rodeo uh, in the Borat movie. <laughs> right. In the, the original, original Borat, Borat movie. movie, not even Borat 2 here. Um, but, you know, some of some of our biggest hits, we've got, you know, Three Lions, Football's Coming Home from David Baddiel uh, and Sirius sure. by Alan Parsons. Uh, James, you talked about Warren Zevon. You talked about Paul Simon. Well, there's a couple that there's a couple that I'm surprised you didn't mention, which are the the Cubs songs by Steve Goodman. I thought those would be right up your alley because a dying Cubs fan's last request and Go yeah. Cubs Go, I think are are, are I mean, both they're fantastic songs. I was I was leaving it for yeah. you, and maybe even oh, you were, I was oh, leaving well, those for you. you. Oh, how how nice. Maybe even you can talk about the card game that happens in City of New Orleans as technically being a sport sure. uh, that's going on. <laughs> Uh, and I think, you know, this being the Canadian Jewish news, it, it wouldn't be right for us to, uh, talk about music without talking about Drake. Um, so I'll just mention back to back by Drake, of course, about the 1992-1993 World Series wins by the Toronto Blue Jays, or at least in reference to it, because it was a diss track against Meek Mill, who's from Philadelphia, which is one of the teams that the Jays, uh, one of the city, the Phillies were one of That's the teams right. that the Jays That's right. He beat. was charged So back to back, you know, Drake, Drake known... Yeah, known more for his uh, basketball fandom, but also a Jays fan. Yeah, I learned a game from William Wesley. You can never check me. Back to back for the niggas that didn't get the message. Back to back like I'm on the cover of Lethal Weapon. Back to back like I'm Jordan 96, 97. Oh, very important and very pretentious. Michael, uh, uh, our producer Michael will kill me for not saying this, but I'd be remiss not to include if we're talking about cards. The uh, absolute classic from OAR. Uh, that was a crazy game of poker. Not, not sure I'm familiar uh, with that I th- one. I know that OAR, you know, a number of them are Jewish. Benji Gershman, I believe, is the name of the, the leader. Um, and that was a crazy game of poker. Perhaps they're the craziest song ever written about a game of poker. 
Well, we're going to put together a Spotify playlist of all the Jewish sports songs that we can think of, um, and even some that we haven't thought of. And uh, we're going to make that that playlist available. Put it you know, in the we'll show it on notes. Twitter account or, or tribute on the, hopefully in the show notes. And uh, if there's any anything that we're missing, please reach out to us and let us know that these great Jewish sports songs, uh, the few more that we haven't gotten to, but uh, check out That's the right. What's your favorite Jewish sports song, listeners? Please find us on Twitter and let us know. Send us an email. Uh, just, just somehow tell us. Let's add to this playlist together. Let's make it sort of a, I'm trying to think the Yiddish word for when you work together on something. Sure. Whatever, uh, whatever that is. And before anyone sends it in, we already checked. Bruce Springsteen's Sandy is not about Sandy Koufax. <laughs> Nor is he Jewish. No, but my mother thinks he is, right? That going back, yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. Um, although Bruce Springsteen, I mean, he's got he's got his fair share of songs, uh, you know, sort of about sports. You think about Glory yeah. Days. Uh, maybe that one's about Sandy Koufax. Yeah, and also uh, Max Max Weinberg's <laughs> Jewish, so you know that's something. The drummer on the the drummer yeah, on those true. songs is Jewish, so that's something. Um, so why don't we leave it there? Uh, you can find us as always at uh, Menchwarmers on Twitter. You can also email us now, Gabe. Look at this, we're, wow. we're joining the late twentieth centuries. You can email us menchwarmers at the cjn.ca. How about that? You know, there's a great joke about 20 years ago, it was incredibly boring to get mail and very exciting to get an email. And now it's boring to get email and exciting to get snail mail. So send us a letter, guys. Find our, find the CJN's uh, uh, address somewhere on the website and mail us something. Yeah, that would be great. Well, uh, if you if you send us an email, we'll give you our home address and you can send us uh, something. <laughs> we, can, we have received can... a few books by mail, actually. So that's been uh, that it has happened a few times. That's that's true. That's true. But if you know, if Team Israel wants to send us jerseys you know, <laughs> for the for the summer. We'll get in touch. Yeah. Uh, and besides that, um, find us on uh, the CJN.ca, uh, the CJN Lounge on Facebook, uh, Menchwarmer's Twitter, and uh, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. By the shores of old Lake Michigan, where the hawk wind blows so cold, an old Cub fan lay dying in his midnight hour, the toll. Around his bed his friends had all gathered They knew his time was short And on his head they put this bright blue cap From his all-time favorite sport He told him it's late, it's getting dark in here And I know it's time to go But before I leave the lineup Boys, there's just one thing that I'd like to know do they still play the blues in Chicago When baseball season rolls around When the snow melts away Do the Cubbies still play In their ivy-covered burial ground When I was a boy they were my pride and joy But now they only bring fatigue To the home of the brave The land of the free the doormat of the National League.